The Serial Entrepreneur, brought to you by Startups Magazine. A podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like, I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this, and then the pandemic happened, and I didn't do this. And, and you spend so much time, like, second-guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like, we're human. It really does improve over time, and I think sometimes when you're starting out, you kind of almost expect yourself to have, you know, super high standards from the start. You know, you want to do your best at the start, absolutely, but you're never going to be perfect. Plus, share their biggest secret, their favourite breakfast cereals. My favourite cereal is an Australian cereal called Nutrigrain. Rice Krispies. It's pretty boring. Weetabix. I have a clear winner. It is uh, Cocoa Pops. Hello and welcome to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast brought to you by Startups Magazine. Today I am joined by the lovely Nicole Velaka, founder and creator of the Simply Social, a digital marketing agency. Nicole, how are you today? It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me here and I am amazing, amazing today. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Happy Friday, Friday feels. Before we kick things off properly, this is my favourite and most important question. As it is the Serial Entrepreneur podcast, what is your favourite breakfast cereal and why? Yes, very relevant question to the podcast. So I actually don't really like breakfast cereal. I love the podcast, but cereal is just not my jam. But if I had to choose a cereal, I can guarantee you it would be something that's full of sugar and completely unhealthy. (laughs) Probably something like a Frosted Flakes, if you have that there, something with a lot of sugar. No, definitely. I'm totally on board with that. And just as a side note question, then, if you're not a cereal fan, what does your typical breakfast look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love eggs, eggs on toast. I don't usually eat meat, but eggs with anything. I've been traveling a lot lately, which I'm sure we'll get into. So I've been experiencing a lot of different amazing breakfast dishes with eggs from around the world. And it's so different from in Canada, what I would experience and just always delicious. Oh, yes, I can't wait to hear more about that and your super exciting life. But I guess maybe it's maybe would make more sense to start from the beginning. So why don't you tell myself and the listeners a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. So I am Nicole and I'm originally from a small town in Canada. And I actually haven't lived there for about five years now. I've kind of lost track of the exact time, but it's been about five years. And it all really started once I finished all of the education that I had gone through in Canada. And I got a job in my fairly small town in Canada. And it was a job that I was really relevant to my skills, my experience, what I was interested in. But as I was in that role for about a year, around that time, I was realizing this is not something that I want to do for the rest of my life. I cannot sit, you know, in an office cubicle. And even though I enjoy my work, it's not something I can see the next, I don't know, 40 years of my life me doing. And so, you know, I knew that nobody was going to make that change for me. But I started really thinking, what can I do to change my life and to give myself a life that I have always wanted and something 
something something different, something that I knew I just couldn't really get in Canada. And I didn't know what that looked like. I honestly had no idea. But I think being you know, a native English speaker, one of the first things that I thought was, let's go or let's try at least to go to another country and teach and at least just see how I like it. And if a life abroad is something for me. So that is kind of and that was in 2017. When I actually left Canada, there was about a year of preparation to leave Canada. So that was quite a few years back. And that's kind of where my story begins. But to elaborate a little bit further, and you know, it's a long story, but to kind of make it a bit more concise, I ended up moving to Shenzhen, China, which is a city right across from Hong Kong in the south of China. It's honestly my second or sometimes even my first home, I feel like I really did a lot of growing up there. I lived there for four years. And during 2020, during 2019, actually, I remember hearing about this crazy virus that was in the north of China. And I remember being in my teacher's lounge and me and my colleagues talking about it and being like, oh, you know, it'll just pass. It's no big deal. So Chinese New Year comes around. We kind of get to experience other countries. I was outside of China. And then COVID, of course, is what it was, really started to hit all of Asia. And so for me, what made the most sense, because at this time, China was in a crisis. I remember seeing photos from friends who were in China of just no food in grocery stores. And so going back wasn't really an option. But I had, you know, an apartment, a job, I had my cat there, I had my whole life was in China, I didn't have anything in Canada, that I decided to temporarily go back to Canada. And as I was in Canada for about a month or two, China closed its borders to foreigners. So I really was in a position where my whole life was in another country halfway across the world, which was now closed. And I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to get back there. So this is where the entrepreneurial journey really starts is that I was stuck in my childhood home with my family in small town Canada, which is exactly at that time, probably like three years ago exactly what I was trying to escape. So a few questions um, I have to unpick from the beginning of the story. The first one is, was your cat okay that you went there? <laughs> um, yes. Thankfully, oh my gosh, he was alone for about a month. Thankfully, I found somebody to take him. So no worries about the cat. <laughs> Amazing. That's always good to hear. And secondly, obviously, it's you started off in Canada, you grew up in Canada, and you knew you kind of wanted more maybe to obviously to start your own business, kind of experience a more entrepreneurial side. Was there not opportunities to do that in Canada? Or did you want to kind of experience the world at the same time? And that's also why you moved? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I think leaving Canada, I didn't know what I wanted. And I can't even now I can't even really put a word to it. But I just knew Canada just wasn't for me. And that's the only way I can really phrase it because I don't I can't really articulate why I felt that way. And I hadn't even thought about the entrepreneurial side of things. That's where COVID really comes in and, and helped me honestly with that aspect. So it's been a journey and it's been years of me being on a journey and discovering more about myself. But I just knew at that point in 2017, 2016, that Canada was just not where it was at for me. And again, I, I can't really say why, but I just felt that. And so 
the first logical step was trying something else. And what was the easiest thing at the time was to, not easy, because it took me about a year in the process, but to be able to go to another country where I would have a for sure job and income and then be able to kind of discover myself further from there. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think obviously everything happens for a reason. You trusted your gut and and yeah, it wasn't probably the journey you pl- thought you were going to plan. But yeah, now we're here. We're with the Simply Social. So talk me through the Simply Social. What Obviously, where the idea came from. You were back at home with your parents in Canada. And what, yeah, what is the company? What are you trying to achieve? What's the, the mission and the goal? Yes, definitely. So I'll start at the beginning with that one too. So COVID. I was stuck in Canada and, you know, I had, as everyone did, a lot of time. And, you know, Netflix was great for two weeks. And then afterwards, it was kind of like, I don't know how long I could be here for. So what does potentially the next year or who knows how long look like? And I had always had a passion for anything online. You know, I love different tech systems and software. And anytime anything new came out, I was always, you know, signing up for the free trial, trying it out. I didn't even have a business, but just seeing how it would operate and if I could use it in my personal life somehow. And I've always just kind of liked geeking out a little bit on those things on the internet. So I knew online business was most likely where I wanted to kind of explore a little bit more. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through this in the fact that I didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted. So I kind of tried it all. And so now, you know, this is, I guess, two and a half years later, I can say I've, I started out in e-commerce. And I realized really quickly, this is not a space for me. This isn't where I can really see myself growing and thriving. Um, So I did have to pivot a few different times to really see what it is that I was passionate about. And it eventually landed in the online business aspect of coaching and mentorship. And so how this all came about, and again, it relates back to COVID. And really, I do see COVID as a bit of a blessing in disguise for me. I would not be sitting right here where I am today if it weren't for the lockdown. Um, But I saw a lot of the female entrepreneurs in my small town community in Canada. I saw them having to bring their business online literally overnight, you know, and it wasn't an option anymore if they weren't very tech savvy and they didn't really want to do it. Now with lockdown, they had to bring their business online. So I saw a lot of these entrepreneurs struggling and not knowing how to do that in an effective way. And so that is where my business really started in the mentorship aspect of things. And I started mentoring these different women in my community is how it started to bring their business online and best practices. And, you know, I ended up building out an entire eight week program and more of how to help them. And um, it's amazing even now to see them on Instagram, online, on socials, thriving and really understanding and getting it. But that's where my business really started was being stuck in Canada and and seeing that women needed to pivot fast. So yeah, that's a little bit more about how I started. But since then, and that was, you know, a few years back, since then, I have pivoted again, when I saw a lot of these women I was working with a lot of my clients who needed to not only be mentored, but also to have these services done for them, because they are busy, they don't want to learn these different platforms and building their own website. And you know, 
all of these different small nuances that do go into having an online business and having a successful online business, they didn't want to learn these new skills to do them. So um, I saw that need from a lot of my clients and a lot of other women online as well. So I pivoted and that is where the agency aspect of my business, which is my main offering now, I don't really do the mentorship quite as much. The agency aspect of my business really got built out because I saw the need for these female entrepreneurs all over the globe, really, to have these services done for them, done for them well. High quality work is something that's really important to me in my business. And yeah, to be able to have that high quality work with a good turnaround time for their business. Amazing. And so obviously, you've mentioned a lot that it's female, female entrepreneurs, female businesses. Correct me if I'm wrong, you only work with female businesses, female entrepreneurs. That's very interesting. I'm a big advocate for that. Talk me through a little bit, maybe your choice with this and your reasoning behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, typically I do only work with female entrepreneurs. It's my target audience. It's all of my clients in the past have been female. You know, I'm definitely not opposed to working with men, but I do find it's a very different energy and a different vibe that, you know, maybe I don't fully understand or I don't know, there's just something about connecting with other female entrepreneurs and being able to help them grow in their business in whatever capacity we are working on for them. But I typically do prefer and I do say that my target audience is female entrepreneurs just because I can really connect with them and I also love empowering them and their business and um, yeah just kind of everything that comes along with it. It must be quite attractive for female entrepreneurs to see that I mean I know we're recently celebrating International Women's Day and you know this the month of March is kind of like a big celebration at Startups Magazine we also do our September edition that's all focused on female founders and women in tech so there is a lot of kind of like noise around at the moment about women cheering on other women men cheering on other women and just kind of empower like you said empowering women and helping women in business where they can because the numbers are still you know not very fair so it's incredible to see yourself starting a business as a female founder but there to help other female founders I think it's I think it's amazing absolutely yeah and that's that's really something that is important for me in my business is that these women see that you know I my marketing everything I have within my business is really targeted towards female entrepreneurs because I want them to know that those are the women these are the the people the businesses that I am most passionate about working with and helping and you know sometimes even giving that extra mile if I see that you know their website needs assistance here or you know I, I always can kind of have the eye for different things I see they might need and just being able to hop on a call and help them out at no charge but it's important to me to um, really lift other women up and their businesses up as well. Are you a wellness coach or practitioner passionate about spreading your healthy vibes far and wide and making a ton of money in the process? Then tune in to the Badass Wellness Coach Show. I'm yours, Didi Hoffman, and yes, I know, not everyone is going to listen to a show that has badass in the title, and that's by design. We attract badasses because they have the grit to take the hard steps to get the glory. Every episode is packed with badass advice to grow your impact and bank account. Simply search for the Badass Wellness Coach Show, listen in, and let's start badassing your business. What does it mean to you being a female founder? Do you like that label? Um, and yeah, how does it 
make you feel when people describe you as a female founder? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, like really the first word that comes to mind is empowerment. I think because when you say the word just founder or entrepreneur or business, I think the first thing that could potentially come to a lot of people's minds is a man in that role. And so I think that as more female entrepreneurs are popping up and female-owned businesses and female creatives, it is really empowering to see that and to see women taking a hold of you know their education and what they've learned and their skill set and really utilizing all of these things that they've learned over the years and that they see as an advantage to themselves and building a business out for them. So I think empowerment is really something that comes to mind and and another thing quickly that comes to mind so it was just you mentioned international women's day and i saw a really interesting i forget which company it was a big company did an advertising campaign um, that i was browsing through and i saw it on linkedin and it was something along the lines of envision someone crying do you envision a man or a woman envision someone in a boardroom do you envision a man or a woman you're nodding your head so maybe you've seen it as well i can't remember what it said but that just really hit home for me and I was like oh my gosh this is I think I reposted it shared it on LinkedIn it was just yeah so I think of that as well when you bring up this question is something that I think of and something that I think showcases that there is still a lot longer of a way to go in equality for the different genders within business and what you envision in your mind when most people think of these things that the ad was describing yeah definitely I saw the same post it might have even been from you sharing it but uh, the really interesting one I I thought was um it was like envisage a nurse what do you think of and I was like there are still some industries in particular aren't there like we were having this conversation in the office the other day when you think of a teacher as well you normally probably think of a woman and you know it's damaging to both parts like women don't want to just be associated with like nurses and teachers whereas men be like business founders and bankers but that's also damaging to the men that want to be the nurses that want to be the teachers that want to break this break the bias break the stigma so um yeah I think we're kind of everyone men and women are kind of entering the this world where we all kind of agree on the future that we want to see and we all want to see this change so yeah I love I love that you're you think of empowerment and that you embrace it because it's fantastic what you're doing back to the simply social I did go off on a tangent there a little bit I know I've muddled up our question order but um back to the simply social obviously it's like I love the fact um I think it makes you different as well that you kind of focus on female entrepreneurs but what would you say your USP and really makes you different in this space mm-hmm. interesting question and I think um so of course you know we really touched already on the the female entrepreneur aspect of it. But one thing that is really important to me, and I'll, I'll give you a reason why as well from what I've seen, is high quality work. And I know it's really easy to say that, oh, you know, like there's a bunch of different agencies and service providers out there that do high quality work. But the reason that I really always like to mention high quality 
is really just because so when I started out and I was looking to work with other creatives, we do a lot of different creative work from web design, graphic design. I found a lot of different service providers out there and there are, you know, a bunch of web designers and many graphic designers, but a lot of them were not offering that high quality of work. And for me in business, and I think for any entrepreneur, if you want to really grow and succeed and to be able to scale your business, you have to have something behind it that backs it. And for me, that is being able to deliver always high quality work to the client. And really being able to give them a touch point of if they ever have a question or multiple questions, it's like, okay, instead of shooting off an email, let's hop on a quick call and really having that almost small, um, small business feel to it, whether it's a big or small business doesn't matter. I want to keep the touch point there and the high quality work there. Because like I was mentioning before, I kind of got off on that tangent, but I was searching for service providers to work with. And a lot of them were not offering high quality work, regardless of the price point, high, low, doesn't matter. It took me quite some time to find reliable service providers who have a good, uh, good turnaround time with the aspect of good quality work consistently in everything that they do. So I think really being able to deliver that to clients and them knowing off the bat that the work that they're going to get is going to be something that multiple people have looked over, have approved for, you know, their brand. And I'm really the one who knows their brand and their business the most. So um, it's really something important to me that every client I work with high quality and really having that high touch point of service if they have any questions or concerns. I think a lot of people in today's world would actually be really surprised at how um, little that is a priority for a lot of businesses. You'd think that starting a business, you, you're offering and your service, you want to give the best to your customer every time. But for a lot of people, that's not the priority. It's making money and kind of getting as much work in and done as possible. So it's not always to the highest of standard. The phrase that kind of sprung to mind was quality over quantity. And I'm not saying that you necessarily do less than other people. It's just the work that you do do. You obviously take a lot of pride in it yourself as if it was completely your own baby. And I think that's really, really important to see in a business owner and especially working in this industry, you know, it's it's someone's kind of like, like you say, brand, their look, it's it's what people are going to see when they when they try and look them up. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. And and at the beginning, you mentioned you you would be surprised how many people, you know, aren't really rising to that level. And I was also completely surprised. I thought, you know, any business out there who's putting their name out there it would be a really high quality of work regardless of what the work was. And I was very shocked that it wasn't. So that is where that high quality aspect really became important to me because you would think it's a no brainer, but unfortunately that's not always the case. Definitely. And I know obviously kind of like digital marketing and social media is just one aspect. You offer a lot of services and your Instagram is beautiful. But how important do you think that like digital marketing and I guess in particular social media, which is a part of digital marketing, is in today's world? Is that what everyone is currently obsessed with? 
Um, obsessed with, I love that wording. So, you know, digital marketing really encompasses a lot of different aspects, but, and I think this is something that I personally think will be ever growing in the future. It is really important to have that online presence and to have either a good eye for digital marketing design, whatever aspect it is that you're doing and you're marketing to your client or to have a team behind you or an agency behind you that can do that for you because I really truly believe that going forward it's only going to be more important I mean look at the difference it's funny I was just talking to somebody the other day about phone calls we forget about phone calls even now everything is online everything is a zoom meeting or a facetime or you know COVID really changed the whole scene and I don't think that it is ever going to go back to the way it was, which I think is interesting. I think there's a lot in the future, a lot of opportunities in the future because of that. And I'm sure there will also be a lot of difficulties as well and adjusting and whatnot to that. But I really think that digital marketing and really any aspect of anything online is going to be propelled forward a lot more in the future. Uh, And I don't think it's going to stop. And I think the opportunities are going to be really interesting what's going to come from that. And it's going to be, you know, an adjustment and a pivot for a lot of businesses as well. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of businesses think, especially with maybe social media or doing a bit of digital marketing, everyone can do it. Everyone can do it. You know, you could just do a bit for me. And it I think people really underestimate how much of a skill it is and how much work it is. Like not everyone and anyone can just do it. It's not something you can learn overnight. So I think there's like a lot of growing, like you say, in that sense. You touched on COVID there as well. How did you find kind of starting a business and then kind of growing that during a pandemic? Were you a bit nervous? Were you scared? (laughs) Were you worried? (laughs) Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I actually feel like it was the opposite. And I think because I was a digital and online business and that's where everything had to live, there was no choice. It had to live on the internet, but there was also a lot more businesses that were either popping up that were new online or businesses who were brick and mortar stores or stores that had been around for quite some time and they had to bring their business online. So it was difficult in terms of the more competition, but at the same time, It wasn't something that I was worried about or too stressed about because everything at that point was online. I have always been really savvy in anything, anything when it comes to the computer. (laughs) I'm always like, I feel like I'm the family and friend go to. But yeah, so for me, it wasn't quite as concerning, but there were, of course, there's always positives and negatives to absolutely everything. But as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, the attitude that I believe you really have to have is everything is figureoutable, is what I like to say. And that's a quote from don't want to get the name wrong. So I'm not going to say it here, but that's a quote that I try to repeat to myself at least a few times a week because 
being an entrepreneur and having your own business is not something that's easy, especially if it's not, you know, a face-to-face, let's say a digital marketing agency that's based and has a home office in a specific town or city in Canada. You know, it's online. So I can service the whole English speaking world, but there are also drawbacks to that as well, because there are more people who can do that. But that's really where the USP and different aspects of differentiating yourself, the branding aspect, a bunch of different things come into play with that as well. Yes, definitely. And I mean, like you say, the whole world was going digital. So I guess it was an exciting time for anyone that was digital, that knew digital. And I know, obviously, you you had to go back to Canada. Did you then make it back to China? And I know now that you're a big advocate for traveling and, you know, not having an office where you have to go in nine to five. So talk me through your kind of preference and your lifestyle now. Yeah, yeah. So I actually did after nine months, I made it back to China from Canada. I was very relieved. But it was interesting because going back to China, I was a different person. I really was. I had a business that I was growing online. I had totally different interests and I knew that my life was no longer going to be in China. Before COVID, I planned to stay in China for the rest of my life to, you know, advance in my career, which was a career teaching that I wasn't ever passionate about. And so COVID really gave me the time to reflect on that. And so I went back to China knowing that I was going to kind of finish off my life in China, finish my job, see my friends, see my cat, and then move on to the next chapter of my life. So that's exactly what I did. I, after, I think it took me about 10 months, but after being in China for about 10 months, I left China, continued to work online, which is a job, but also a passion and something that I enjoy doing. And so now I really advocate for people to just be happy. And it sounds so simple. It sounds too oversimplified, but it's really a lot more difficult than you might think. I realized because of COVID that I wasn't happy in my job in where I was in the world. You know, I was still just going into a nine to five every single day, but just doing it in a different country. And that's exactly why I left Canada to escape that life. So leaving China was a really big milestone for me. And having a business that I've grown online, continuing to always grow and scale online and having a renewed, not a renewed, just an entrepreneurial spirit that I didn't have prior to COVID. So now what I am doing is traveling the world and really being grateful to have the luxury to be able to live in any country that I want and experience different cultures and people and food and things that I know I would never get to see in Canada. And now I really can understand why I I didn't want to live out my life in Canada because this is a life I was meant for, but I didn't know it was a thing at the time. I didn't know how to achieve it or that it even existed. And it took me, I don't know, what is it, what has it been, six years to really get to this point and to just be happy. And I think a lot of people don't take that step back. And COVID for me was that step back to really be introspective and take a look at their life. And is this what I've really always deep down wanted to do? Am I happy? I knew deep down, I didn't want the the house, the mortgage, the car, the 2.5 kids, like I knew that wasn't the life for me. And so now six years later, I've discovered what 
my ideal life looks like and I can say that I'm happy. So yeah, now I'm really just an advocate to whether it's entrepreneurialism or traveling the world or you know, it looks completely different for everyone. And I know that, but really just take a look at your life and think to yourself, this is what I've always wanted. Am I really happy? Where are you right now? So currently I am in Georgia, the country, not the state. And it's a country I had heard about during COVID. And since then, I've always wanted to visit. So really touching down in Georgia was almost like a dream come true for me. I'm at a big milestone. Wow. And how long do you normally stay place to place? It really varies. It depends how much I like the place. Almost a month here and then plans to kind of explore in this area while we're here as well. It's an interesting time to be here because the war and everything that's kind of happening just to the north. But yeah, it's all kind of part of the experience. I'm just grilling you now with travel questions. Where has your favorite place so far been? So so I actually just left China about six months ago. So it is something that's still fairly new. China, I've traveled a lot. I've traveled honestly, probably all of Asia. But since since leaving China, I've lived in Georgia here and in Turkey. Turkey was a really interesting situation because of the economy and the currency and those issues that they're going through. So it's hard to really pick a, a favorite. But I think right now I would have to say Georgia just because it's somewhere I've always wanted to visit. I also love, you know, you're able to open a bank account really easily here. It's a very foreigner friendly country. And I personally like to support countries that are really foreigner friendly. So I'm happy to spend my money here and live here and support the country if they're going to support me. Oh, amazing. And finally, my grilling, where was the best place for eggs in the morning? Ooh. Most recently, the one that comes to my mind is Turkey. They have an amazing Turkish dish called menemen. And it's a breakfast dish with kind of like scrambled eggs, tomatoes, onions, a bit of spicy with bread. It's something I had never experienced before, but so delicious. Try it if you go to a Turkish restaurant. <laughs> Sounds incredible. Sounds incredible. Well, Nicole, I guess that my final question to you, which I'm super excited to hear, is what is next? What does the future hold? Mm. So the thing, I, I get that question a lot and I don't, um, in terms of my life, I don't really like to plan things out too far. I tend to sometimes want something and then I change my mind. So right now I'm happy traveling and living my life. And as long as I feel happy and I like what I'm doing, then for me, that's good enough. So I don't like to plan too far out in my business. That's a very different story because I'm a very type A person. So when it comes to business, I, I kind of have, you know, the next moves and where I want to take it and scale it in the future. Um, but it's interesting because I kind of have those two different parts of me, the traveling and personal aspect and the business aspect. But for my business, for the future, um, really continuing to grow and scale it and to bring on other professionals who are experts in their industry. And again, who I can see meet that high quality standard that I have within my business. Oh, incredible. And finally, do you have the next country planned, even if it may be in the, the far, far future? But do you know where is next on your list travel wise? I think the neighboring country of Azerbaijan, just because it sounds so unique. And I've done a little bit of research. It looks like a beautiful city, the capital. And um, 
yeah, just kind of seeing what is there. I like to go to countries where I don't have too much an idea of what to expect. So I don't get my hopes up or down, really, and just go from there. I was going to say, I love that you don't pick just the mainstream ones. Like you really go for the ones maybe that people hadn't necessarily have heard of or maybe wouldn't have thought to when you say you're traveling and that you want to experience different countries I probably wouldn't have picked Azerbaijan but um I'm very keen to follow your journey and see what it's like because yeah it does sound like a very interesting absolutely thank you so much for our conversation today it you are very truly inspiring for the work you do as a female founder and for female founders so thank you for empowering women and thank you so much for being our guest absolutely thank you so much for having me on the show the serial entrepreneur brought to you by startups magazine a podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like, I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this, and then the pandemic happened, and I didn't do this. And, and you spend so much time, like, second-guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like, we're human. It really does improve over time, and I think sometimes when you're starting out, you kind of almost expect yourself to have, you know, super high standards from the start. You know, you want to do your best at the start, absolutely, but you're never going to be perfect. Plus, share their biggest secret their favourite breakfast cereals. My favourite cereal is an Australian cereal called Nutrigrain. Rice Krispies. It's pretty boring. Wheatabix. I have a clear winner. It is uh, Cocoa Pops. 